This is the this is the Ring of Honor, aka Shane T, boy, the baddest champion you ever seen, boy. This is Mister Anderson. This is good old Jr. Jim Ross, and you are listening. You're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. Starts now. Ooh, what up, though? It is another Tuesday. That means this is Knockouts and Three Counts, and I have survived another day at the post office without going postal, even though I really wanted to. But uh, it is another Tuesday. This is Knockouts and Three Counts, and as I told you, if you're following us at those social medias, we've got a very special guest today. We've got the Presidente of Mr. Chainsaw pro wrestling himself mikey zero how you doing brother, man doing pretty good how you guys doing not uh, too bad what well, up though donald doing damn well just got back from a big family get together for my dad's uh birthday and ate a bunch of weird uh seafood tacos so yes. <laughs> if, my, if, if you see me over here rubbing my belly at any point it's because it's turning a little bit over here on me but it was delicious man nice nice so, in other words, I have no business eating anything that you guys had over there because that just sounds I like had, way <laughs> to name off a couple of them. I had five of the like individual tacos, I had two of the lobster ones, I had two, hey yo, or one of the steak tacos, one of the citrus spicy uh, uh scallop tacos. That one was honestly the best one of them all as weird as it sounds and uh what was the other one i don't i can't even think of it at the moment but that they were every single one of them was delicious a spot out in trenton for anybody who making me jealous hey man i'm just saying that all sounds good but uh like we've talked about before (laughs) here on the show I got Crohn's disease, homie. You don't you don't stray too far from the things that you know are gonna keep you safe. Otherwise, you might get more than you bargained for. Now, on the other hand, my dumbass, if I could learn that with ice cream, we would be all right. Because every once in a while, you know, I don't do it very often, but boy, every once in a while, I gotta have some of that ice cream. And it doesn't fucking help that the red barn is within I don't know five minute driving distance from me. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's so you know. Classic. You know, it kind of sucks, but uh, yeah, we talk about ice cream bars and all that shit. You need to hit the red barn if you're out this way, but that's not what we're here to talk about. What we are here to talk about is Mr. Chainsaw Pro Wrestling. Um, tell me, first of all, man, like how long have you guys been going? How did it come to be? How did you get involved? Because, man, from what I've seen, you guys, I, I've heard a lot of good things about you guys. I, you know, Donald says repeatedly in the comments that he thinks you guys are the best uh, promotion inside Michigan. And, hey, I mean, I got to trust the man's opinion to some degree because he's around the local shows even more than I'm able to be. So give me a little bit of a background to how you fit in and what happened with uh, Mr. Chainsaw. Uh, well, uh, I started out in the wrestling business off of a job shadow freshman year. I was 14, um, and I had met my trainer through that. By the time I was 15, I was getting trained, traveling around. And um, by the time I was 17, that's when I decided, like, I want to start something up. Um, and that was 15 years ago now. And we just started very small, kind of like with hardcore shows mixed in, like hardcore music shows. Okay. 
And uh, so it was like two matches okay. and then a bunch of hardcore bands. And um, then we just kind of built off that and started doing wrestling just by itself. And it grew and grew. Uh, it's had its ups and downs. But over the last like five years, I think, you know, we've been taking it like super serious and it's been growing huge with IWTV. And um, it's nice to see like 15 years worth of hard work start to pay off. Yeah, that's, that's go ahead. That's just a, it's a crazy buildup that to, to say that you had started at such a young age and already kind of have a vision of wanting to start it so young. That's the, yeah, that's kind of crazy, honestly. No, yeah, I've always wanted, you know, I've always loved wrestling. I wanted to be involved in wrestling. And that's like with the job shadow I did is I told my teacher, like, I'm not doing any job shadow unless it has to do with wrestling. And uh, she ended up finding me a promoter, like, maybe an hour and a half from where I live. And she's like, here you go. And I didn't even know indie wrestling was a thing when I, I just thought it was like the major companies on TV at the time. So it's crazy. Yeah, that's do- made it all these years. That's dope. So that's dope because I actually did job shadowing a little bit when I was in high school. So as we talked about when we were doing uh, the setup to try to put this all together, you know, um, I worked with kids with disabilities for quite a while. But uh, before that, and obviously now with what we're doing with the show, broadcasting was something I always wanted to do. Like I got to do <laughs> job shadowing, but it was at channel seven. Right. So I had to go in there and uh, I saw how they got all their stories and then like, you know, how they do the weather and how you do like all this stuff. So it's, I totally can uh, respect that to a, de- to a degree with that. Cause it's like, you have your eyes set on doing something like for me, like with those job shadows, like, I mean, it was the same with like Volk tech, right? Like, it was cool to take that stuff, but, I mean, if I'm being honest, I already knew other than, like, you know, having to have a job to pay your bills. Like, if I was going to do something, I wanted to do something in the communication sphere of things. It's funny how that shit works because it's, like, when you're in school, they'll try to tell you, well, why don't you just go try this welder one or go over here to where you learn to be a cook or whatever. It's, like, fam. I knew what I wanted to go to as soon as that shit was on the fucking list. If any of you guys have ever done any of those job shadowing or Volk Donald, all of you guys who are watching, let me know in the comments. Cody, you went to the same school as me, so I'm sure you got roped into that shit too. <laughs> but um, about with Mr. Chainsaw though, like, what do you think? What do you think at this point? Since you said you guys have been going around for so long at this point, what is it you think that kind of like sets you guys apart from? all the other different promotions that you got in Michigan. I have my um, thoughts after watching the show, so I'll answer in a little bit, but I'd love to know what you think it is for those who are maybe new to Mr. Chainsaw. Like, what is it that makes you guys different from everybody else? Uh, I think our crowd, I think our crowd is like one of the coolest things, because like I said, when I started 15 years ago, you know, we kind of have this like, hardcore metal kid type crowd and then it transitioned into like old school fans you know there's kids there there's adults i mean they really believe and since we got iwtv and we've been bringing up some different names and big indie names like that now we're getting kind of that smart crowd as people say but they're all still merged and mixed together so like it's just a contrasting crowd which is super cool and I feel like a lot of the times you don't get that. A lot of times you just get like that smart crowd or, you know, maybe just that deathmatch crowd or they're, they're, they just want to see one thing. Um, I think that's the biggest thing for sure. Also being so far away from anyone else in Michigan, uh, really just we're kind of on our own island. 
Um, mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people, you know, they'll, they'll talk bad about Detroit or they'll say things happen in Detroit and, you know, you don't come to Michigan to wrestle and da, 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 da. But like, I feel like I'm up here on my own Island. Like I don't even feel like Michigan. I'm up, I'm up in the North woods. Um, so I think that's another thing. And then of course, just, uh, you know, we just try to have something for everybody as cliche as that sounds like, well, we'll do a couple death matches here and there per year. We'll have some high flying guys, some Lucha guys. Um, we'll do some comedy stuff, like a little bit of everything for the kids in the crowd to those fans that still believe to the smart crowd, to the deathmatch crowd. Um, but that, that's kind of how we separate ourselves. I think from everybody, um, the key, the key factors there. Um, and then of course we try to, you know, keep it real with IWTV and just branch out everywhere we can. I mean, we have people watching our shows over in England and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool to have this small Michigan town, what I've worked so hard for 15 years to bring, being seen all over the world now. Yeah, that's that's such an interesting aspect of it, to, to really, like, incorporate. Because to your point, that's part of the reason, I, I mean, Kyle can attest to this as well, that's, that's a trip for most of us down here. But there's tons of people that are willing to make that trip because of the content that you guys are providing. And then, yeah. like you say, you guys really are kind of on your own secluded island, you could say, because no one else is really providing that type of entertainment up there. So, you, exactly. you know. And, uh, and a shout out to you to Donald Holland and the Holland family, because they make the drive from Detroit pretty much every single show. So it's just, you know, it's wild to see, you know, people care that much about what we're putting out to make a weekend out of it. Like, I never would have thought that 15 years ago. That does got to be a dope feeling. We have nothing but good things to say about D Holland over here because uh, he's watching us every week, you know, faithfully, always sharing the stuff out, always hyping us up to everybody else. So shout out to Donald for sure. I've got yeah. nothing but uh, yeah. I've got nothing but good things to say um, about Donald. Well, you know, talking about you know talking about having that different vibe and stuff, you know, it brings another question. I wonder. So for you, you know, you said you wanted to be, you knew you wanted to be a promoter uh, from, you know, when you were young. What were some of the promotions that you liked that you were like, okay, well, I like the style of like maybe an ECW or, you know, whatever it was, WCW, WWE. What were uh, some of the promotions that you liked the vibe of that maybe you maybe patterned some of MCPW after? Um, well, I mean, first and foremost, I was watching with my dad, like in the early nineties, that's my earliest memory. So, you know, the, the Hulk Hogan's and the macho man's, but then like in the mid nineties, when I started to get, you know, a little bit older and they started kind of forming into the attitude era. I really like that. Of course, you know, being a kid on the playground, like 10 years old, running around telling people to suck it. Like I thought that was so cool. <laughs> and edgy. Um, the NWO was huge to me. Like. You know, just the, the outsiders and stuff like that. It's when wrestling like was just like, wow, this is becoming, you know, you have these superheroes, but it's like now there's these like bad guys and they're really cool. So um, that was a huge influence, you know, Attitude Era, the NWO. But uh, ECW, I actually had to like sneak that and hide that from my parents because um, we had satellite. I remember. <laughs> and, like I had like a converter in my room that could get the channels that we got in the living room, but that's it. So, like, after my parents would go to bed or whatever, I'd put on TNN, and then I would flip it into my room, and then i keep it real quiet, and I would watch that. Or I would get, like, the, the VHS tapes when they would have, like, the, the goriest matches or whatever, PCW, and that was just like, all right. This is you remember when it used to be on WADL and shit? You had to, like, try to catch it at, like, midnight and, uh, midnight um, and shit like that, because <laughs> that was the only place you could watch it. 
Yeah, it was it was the hardest one to find, obviously, but like it but when you found it, it was it was great. Life changing stuff. So they, those definitely inspired me. And then um when I found out about the Indies when I was job shadowing, one of the first companies that I had heard about, other than the ones I around in Michigan, was IWA Mid-Cell. And I used to go to Smart Mark Video, their website, when they would have VHS tapes. Like that's all they had, it was like two thousand three. So I remember getting like April Blood Showers 2003 and then the infamous King of the Death Match 2003 on VHS. And like, I was like, this is crazy because it's even like up ECW, you know, you're, they're doing light tubes and stuff like that. And so that kind of stuff just really shaped like what I wanted originally. Um, and that kind of fit the vibe with like the hardcore bands and the metal shows and stuff. Totally makes sense, man. But I asked that question because, like I say, I feel like a lot of times when you talk to somebody when they're in the promoting end of things, if you ask somebody, you know, like, what were some of the scenes that you really enjoyed the vibe of, you usually can see footprints of that in oh, yeah. the style of what you see in people's shows and th- and things like that. Like, for me, I gr- so I started watching when I was six, which was right in the middle of uh, the, the Attitude Era. So I grew mm-hmm. up right on Stone Cold and all that stuff. So Stone Cold will, for me, probably always be my all-time favorite. But I then went, as I got older, and went back and watched the stuff from the 80s and the early 90s and the world class, the world class and all that kind of stuff. So I've seen a lot I've seen a lot of it now. But for me, like, like you were saying, for me, that was kind of like right in the thick of when I grew up watching wrestling. So yeah. it, it's, I think, and that's the thing. I feel like that. At least for me, that's why I always have been more of a fan of if you think back to like the Attitude Era and stuff like that, you had like stories that went for like a long time. You know what I mean? You had, uh, you know, everybody was kind of doing something back then. So that's why now I'm more invested in things that they can make last longer and make me want to see what the hell is going to, you know, is going to happen with that stuff. And then, of course, as we talked about, you know, our show covers MMA and all those things as well you know, that's, you know, that, that tells you where the other half of the show comes from, but it's, it's just funny how that stuff like just shapes the way you're doing stuff. Yeah. And like, you know, one of the things too, is like, I I always tell everybody, like I grew up also in like the jackass era. So like when I was in high school, middle school, high school, jackass was huge, you know, on TV, they're getting movies, Viva La Bam. And like, I grew up around a bunch of kids that skateboard. I can never do it myself. I tried, but I never could. And me either like the backyard wrestling stuff. So that whole vibe too, I, I kind of twisted into, you know, what I wanted to do with a promotion. So it's, you know, ECW, the attitude era, the NWO jackass, like all mixed in. And that's why I like, you know, hardcore stuff. I like deathmatch stuff, but I also like, you know, a guy, we just did uh, Jason Hotch versus Trey Miguel versus Marco stunt. And there was that's a little a bit of comedy to start it out. And it was just like just high flying crazy stuff as well, which is like you know jackass type stunts. So it's really just stuff I like like that all just rolled into one. I totally I can totally respect that man because that's the thing I feel like, and that's the cool thing with wrestling is I feel like your your taste as you get older or you know whatever it is like you it'll change over time, right? Like you could be, oh, for sure. you could be, you could be the guy who as a kid, you know, you like, like the big superhero type guys like Hulk Hogan and all that stuff. And then as you get older, you know, you got, like you said, DX and the NWO, then you got, 
you know, like for me now, I'm I've always like uh, I'm a bit a lot bigger fan of the people who can grapple real well, like incorporating jujitsu and MMA and all those things into it. So yeah. it's crazy how your taste changes in life. And speaking of taste and all those things with wrestling, man, you know, I watched the last show and you had uh, you had some beef with a guy who's got quite the interesting taste in clothes, man. I saw you and Brutus Atwell were uh, kind of had some beef over there, man. So for those who are maybe new to Mr. Chainsaw and don't know what's going on, give me a little bit of background uh, into what's going on with you and uh, the Swamp Daddy, um, Brutus Atwell. Well, uh, before we go any further, please refer to him as the Swamp Bitch. That's what I call him now. He is okay. the Swamp Bitch. Um, so, being a promoter for 15 years, you know, I'm always keeping my eye on, you know, who's coming up and these young guys and girls out there wrestling. And a lot of people were talking about, you know, there's these three kids, Solo and Kyler Coleman and Brutus Atwell. And I heard their names over and over and over again. And every time Brutus Atwell was mentioned, it was all oh, he's like Mikey Zero 10 years ago. He had kind of a similar look, a similar style, similar build. And uh, eventually the three of them started coming up and doing shows together. And they've been up here since last July, I think was the first time. And uh, the first show this year in January, after my match, Brutus came out and he slammed me through a steel chair. And then it was on like that was instant. I don't know if he didn't like that. The comparison between him and I or whatever, um, talked a bunch of trash, called me washed up, said I'm not a shell of the man I used to be. Da, 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 da. Um, so he basically he wants to fight me. He wants a match with me and I'm telling him he needs to earn it. You know, he's not just going to come in and attack me. I've been doing this for 15 years. Like I've seen guys like him come and go and try to make names for themselves. And he's winning championships now. And he's, he's like some king of the ring type deal now. Just won a championship down in at IPW. Um, and he won Rookie of the Year award. And, like, I, I think it's getting to his head a little bit, you know. The ego, the swamp man's getting, the swamp bitch is getting an ego. And uh, he wants to come attack me and he wants a match with me. I'm like, all right, well, prove yourself. So I'm going to give him a huge test. Uh, at Battleground May 21st, it's going to be him and uh, the former Eric Rowan, Eric Redbeard. So... Let's see if he can really slam every man. That dude's like 6'8". That'll be fun to watch. That's a big bitch, dude. I've seen him yeah. live multiple times. And uh, from what we've seen since he's uh, come back out to the indies after them being <coughs> released from WWE, I don't know, man. That's gonna be uh that's gonna be a pretty tall order. So oh, let's say sure. that Brutus, I mean, let's say that Brutus continues to uh, pass these these tests that you got for him, and you guys end up having your match. How do you see that going? Do you think your uh, experience ends up waging it out for you, or how are you feeling about it should you guys end up stepping in the ring? That's what I think. That I think the experience I've been doing this, like I said, 15 years, and I mean, he's just over a year in. And yeah, he's great. You know, he's really good. He's tough. He's doing death matches and stuff now. But like, I've seen guys like that before. There's been guys that I've been compared to before, or have been compared to me, and, you know, they've, they've come to shoot their shot. And sometimes you just, you got to knock them back down. And, that's the thing is he's getting all these accolades, these championships. And I do think it's going to get to his head because eventually you're going to have to come crashing down. That's just how wrestling works. You're not going to stay on top forever. And I think he's, you know, grown so much and moved so fast that when he steps in there with me, eventually 
that uh, he better really come with a clear mind and ready to prove himself and ready to fight. I think it's going to be an all-out brawl. So, I like it. Them's fighting words, but I, I like it. I like. I'm it. down. Uh, I'm down for it. I'm. I'm ready to see how this uh, Eric Redbeard match uh, plays out, number one, because that's going to be a hell of a test for him. But if he does make it through it, I don't know, man. I am uh, I definitely want to see uh, what happens with you and, as you coined him, the swamp bitch, uh, yeah. Brutus Atwell. So we're going to have to see how that plays out. But for sure. I, that brings me to another question <laughs> I got. Like, knowing that you do some stuff with uh, radio and stuff, how does that help you with the promotion side of things for Mr. Chainsaw? Uh, it helps out. Definitely. You know, it helps out a lot. Like uh, we've had some of the wrestlers on the radio, um, you know, they'll call in. Well, we do ticket giveaways and stuff like that on the radio. We have people that come to the shows and then like, they'll call in the Monday after and like talk about it. And, you know, sometimes my boss, I think he like kind of shied away from it a little bit. Like, you know, we don't want to get too involved in wrestling. But then when he realized like listeners are now coming and they're being, they're interacting with the radio show because of wrestling, um, that he's down with that. So that's been really cool. You know, if, if I could, I would talk about wrestling from the time I cracked the mic every single morning until the time I had to leave that building. But obviously the boss won't let me do that. But it uh, helps out. It helps out a lot. I, I enjoy uh, being able to have that freedom to talk wrestling at least a little bit. That's cool. Uh, now, excuse me for, I guess, being ill-informed, but uh, being that I was out to dinner, I didn't get to do as much normal research as I would. Uh, what's the radio program that you run? Uh, it's a morning show on 104.5 Bob FM. Uh, Mikey in the morning. I'm the host of it. I have a, a wacky intern who actually you'll see at the shows. Like he helps out a little bit. He's uh, his name's Brendan. Yeah, he's actually he's done a little bit of uh, stuff with Effie. We brought Effie up here, and uh, okay. he, he got shirtless and did a little dance for Effie in the ring before. Uh, he's done like bikini contests for uh, raising money for breast cancer, like snowmobiling in a bikini up here in northern Michigan. Not a fun thing, but he flaunted his bikini at a show to help raise funds for it. And, He's just he's just as wacky at the wrestling shows as he is on the radio. So, but yeah, it's <laughs> that's on, funny. It's, it's funny you met. My bad. Oh no, I was just gonna say 104.5 Bob FM. We have an app if you want to listen. You can download it for free. Okay, cheap plug. Hell yeah, man! Plug away. Which while we're plugging things, like I said, uh, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button if you guys are new here. You never know what we got coming through. And speaking of plugging things, shout out to our sponsors, G3 Payroll and Tax. If you guys haven't gotten your taxes done, you know, being that I work at the post office and I know how many of you people are mailing out taxes and shit still. Uh, if you guys need to get your taxes done, you need to hit up our homies Jack and the team over there at G3. They just did my taxes. Definitely did a good job for me. He'll do a good job for you. The link is in the uh, description. Sell him knockouts and three counts sent you. But now that we've got all that out of the way, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, futures and things like that for Mr. Chainsaw, you know, if you could bring anybody to Mr. Chainsaw, who would it be and why? Wow. Anybody. Anybody? Yep. Anybody you want. If I could bring in anybody, I think. Uh... I just think the coolest person to have, even if it was just for a five minute segment would be Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) I mean, just to have like that beer bash in Northern Michigan, like, I mean that in my ring, like that would be the coolest thing. Um, You know, we've had Foley up here before. Uh, Seth Rollins is our former champion. He's been up here a bunch before. It'd be kind of cool, you know, 
to have him back uh, eventually, you know, down the line, even if, like I said, a five minute appearance, but um, I, I think those are reaching for the stars type of names. Um, I, I also really wouldn't mind any of the jackass guys. Like I know they just got involved with WrestleMania, um, but uh, I was actually working on a deal with Bam Margera where I got some FaceTime with him one-on-one and I was going to bring him up here for a wrestling show. Um, and then that would have been interesting. Oh, yeah, I mean, the, the meeting was very interesting. Like, he was pitching <laughs> ideas and stuff, and um, it was almost about to happen. And then he kind of, you know, went off the rails a little bit and needed some help, so it didn't happen. But, I mean, just I, I, ha- I like having, like, outsiders or, you know, people to draw attention to wrestling as well. Um, but, again, these are all just shooting for stars type of people. Maybe Tony Hawk. I think he'd be a fun one, too. <laughs> Oh, well, Donald's got a question great for great you example. in the comments off that. Oh, he wants right. to know who would you like out of the indie guys? Is there anybody in particular in the indies right now that you'd like to see make their way to Mr. Chainsaw? Um, well, I mean, right now, who's on an indie run? Uh, I would like uh, Minoru Suzuki, would be a really cool one to bring in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I know he's doing some indies right now. We have eventually uh, Speedball Mike Bailey would be really cool. Um, Big fan of that then, guy. Oh yeah, just some of the stuff he does, and I, we have some. I, I like Speedball, Mike Bailey, and Jason Hotch would be amazing. Like I, that would be a match I would book right now. Um, other than that, you know, like I, I think I've, I've worked with a lot of names and brought in a lot of names from the indies. Um, Nick Gage, he, we brought him up here once. I actually uh, wrestled a match against Nick Gage, which was like a bucket list thing, and I would really like to bring him back. Um, I mean, there's just there are a lot of people, but uh, a lot of the ones that I have on my list, I was able to check off. So that's dope, though. Now, question: yeah. Since you got in the ring with Gage, man, how the fuck do you motherfuckers let people get you with the light tubes like that, dude? I mean, that's got to take a certain level of nuts <laughs> to no, be for sure. getting smoked with these <laughs> fucking tubes, man. I've told this story a few times on the show, but I'll never forget it. This is why, and even know that I've fought. I got no business with a damn light tube. I'll never forget it. I was laid up. At, you remember, do you remember when uh, JCW used to do the shows at the Modern Exchange? I, I heard about them, but I've never. So I, never I was there. there my senior year of high school and was in a cast and had my leg laid up on, and they had this couch in the very back of there. So I had my leg laid up because I had just had uh, surgery. And it was Necro Butcher versus, I forgot who the hell he was fighting, but. The guy's coming back, and I'm like, oh, shit, he's about to smoke him with that tube. And obviously, I was a little immobile at the time, and it wasn't like there was a whole lot of room for me to move or move or run. So I was like, well, shit, best uh, option in this one is I'm going to just cover the fuck up real quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and ever Good since call. then, I was like, man, fuck, fuck that. I do not got any business with a dude smoking me with a light tube. Because I feel like if I got hit with a light tube, dude, I, I'd had to kill somebody, dude. Fuck that. You guys can dude, have all. <laughs> my, my best advice is just like, just close your eyes. Close your eyes. <laughs> and don't be yeah. afraid of blood. Like, you know, uh, luckily, though, in the match with Gage, like glass wasn't allowed in the building. I say luckily just because it was Nick Gage. Um, but like he did his uh, his boot scrape in the corner to a barbed wire board that was right in my face. And. He does not pull back. That's the thing is he just, he gave it to me and it just sliced my face right up. And I was like, okay, like he's not playing around. So, but it was still, well, you know, once the adrenaline wears off, you look at it and you're like, okay, but no, that was super cool. That was a bucket list thing. Uh, you dope, talk though. about, 
you talk about being a promotion that sets up these death matches and stuff. Where do you draw inspiration for some of this stuff? Because it's like it constantly seems to be like an ever ever present thing of just trying to top the the past death match with the next big, whether it be scaffolding or more glass or more this more bats with barbed wire you know it's like they always find a way to top themselves you know working their way up the ladder yeah it's just a, it's kind of a matter of just finding new stuff you know like uh, new weapons or luckily up here like we don't do death matches every single show but the ones we do like um our, our crowd doesn't see them all the time so it's almost like a treat so the more they like get bigger and better and we put more glass in there like our crowd just reacts like crazy and you know that you just see new stuff too like i know uh icw and rpw they were using like those baseball bats with like those extreme those big red popper snapper firecracker type things like i've never seen those used before so i think those would be fun to bring up to mcpw um or going back to like watching like 2003 iwa mid-south like i was talking about earlier our czw uh, tournaments death you know there's weapons that they used back in the day that they don't use anymore now and finding stuff like that like uh, we did like a board of mouse traps, like we did like a full-on board just filled with set mouse traps, which I haven't seen done in a while. I mean, other than WrestleMania's giant mouse trap, but it's, I was uh, that say, was something else jet, to see live. Let me tell you, <laughs> I swear, dude, I was sitting there like, "What the fuck is that?" When they pulled it out at first, and then when I realized, I'm like, "Damn, Sami Zayn's gonna get caught in this bitch." <laughs> like, <over laughs> that was since, that was since one we're of my talking about that well, that's what I was going to actually ask you. You brought up the fact that you're, you know, in the jackass area era. So were we growing up. We even tried to film me and Kyle being childhood friends. We filmed way too much dumb shit trying to make ourselves the next jackass. Fuck that wheelchair up. is all I'm going to say is fuck that wheelchair. <laughs> My tailbone still fucking hurts. Yeah, but, yeah, you and me both, sir. You and me both. <laughs> Except that, my stupid ass being... went and thought, let's be smart and go fight and do jiu-jitsu where people are just going to try to break my fucking limbs off. Go ahead. <laughs> but all that being said, uh, you mentioned their matchup at WrestleMania and even the build-up to it and stuff with, like, Knoxville making his appearance at Rumble and shit like that, which kind of fucked me being that we had a friendly gamble going on for Rumble, but... uh that being said, what was your thoughts on this whole jackass making their appearance into wrestling? You noted that you would love to even just have one of the members make a trip up. They they seem to be doing pretty well, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I don't know if you remember. It was probably like the mid-2000s, early 2000s. Steve-O and Chris Pontius did uh, an appearance on a Raw, I believe, where they got beat up by Three Minute Warning or Umaga. I believe. Yes, I do remember that. You know, and that that's kind of like the inspiration, you know, when I wanted to, you know, have Bam come up here and then, you know, two years later or whatever, Johnny Knoxville's getting involved. And uh, no, I thought it I thought it was cool. Um, I thought the match was a ton of fun. I didn't. The only thing I was worried about is if they would have like that type of wacky match or not, or if they're just going to try to do something like straightforward with a couple chairs. Um, but another thing they could have done that I thought would have been fun is if they did like um in jackass when like they would take johnny knoxville to box butterbean like in a local you know sports shop or whatever like that like if they did it out in public where they just had saying this match happened in public in different areas or almost like the grocery store brawl with booker t and steve austin like, that is one of the best things of all time yeah. ever 
Like I think all that time ever. Too. Price check on Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you know it's with us all these years. Never later, forget how great that was. But uh, no, I I think the way they handled it would have been good, um, or it was good. But I, I think they could have done some other things too, and you know they could have went a lot farther with with some stunts and whatever. But maybe that's for the future. I know four point five is coming out next month. Maybe they'll bring Knoxville back. Well, since you got since you have done your thing with the promoter thing, um, before we uh, before we end up, I figure you'd be a person per- perfect person to get their thoughts on this. So. I've been paying attention to the media as I usually do. Like I said, we cover wrestling and all the combat sports. What are your thoughts on all this? We hear about we might see Tyson Fury versus Drew McIntyre in fucking Wembley. Uh, you know that's that sounds interesting. What do you think? I, I'm for it. I'm for it. Uh, you know, as a promoter, and like I said, like I, I do like when those outside attractions come in and bring more eyes to wrestling. Um, I don't think the card should be full of them, but no, you know, Tyson Fury, Drew McIntyre, why not? You know, just have that, that one-off spectacle and what else are they going to do? You know, to put Drew McIntyre with random wrestler he just fought on SmackDown, you know, it's not going to be the same. So I I think, I think that's, you know, cool here and there when they do that. So I'm here for it. I'll watch it. Being like I noted more of the MMA side, I I pay attention when these celebrities make their appearances and stuff like that because it's it's rather noteworthy because it's not just another wrestling match, you know. It stands yeah. out more. Yep. And uh, to me, I I love them as long as the celebrity or athlete or whoever takes it serious, as long as they yeah. actually put some real intention to it and don't just go in there, you know, haphazardly just kind of flailing around. As long yeah. as they at least halfway kind of dig into it, I, I, I appreciate it, you know? Oh, for sure. And I mean, like, even this year at WrestleMania, like, if you look at, you know, uh, Logan Paul and Pat McAfee, Johnny Knoxville, I My feel boy like they Pat, all... That was great. Usually, it was great. It was yeah. good stuff, you know? Yeah, but yeah, if they are kind of, you know, joking about not taking it seriously, it can ruin it. But well, one another great one that I thought was awesome and really shocked was Snooki all those years ago <laughs> when she was, like, pulling out, like, backflips and handsprings and stuff. And I was like, see... You know, you just never know. It's funny you say that because I just saw Dolph Ziggler's uh, comedy show and he wasn't as glowing about uh, his running with with no? at WrestleMania. <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh. I before I let you get out of here because I know we're short on time. Um, we got a couple questions that have been getting fired at you in the comments, so I will rifle those off and then. I something gives me a sneaking suspicion that you'll have a funny uh, answer for our locker room etiquette uh, standpoint. And uh, shout out to Ashley in the comments has already got your back against Brutus. If you guys are new here, please make sure you hit that subscribe button while you head out. I've already seen the few of you that guys that have already hit that button. Like I said, you never know who will end up in the side of this box. It could be wrestling. It could be MMA. Hell, it could even be guys like Chris Kale from five finger death punch. You never know what you'll see in there, but, a couple questions we got for you. So Donald uh, says, what do you think your best show was? He thinks it was last Ooh. year's doubleheader. The best show? Oh, man. That's a tough one. There's 15 <laughs> yeah. years worth to choose from. Um, I would say the ones that stick out in my mind um, were, it was 2009 when we brought in Mick Foley. Um, uh, Mick Foley being there, we had... Uh, for the title, MCPW titles, Jimmy Jacobs versus Tyler Black, who's now Seth Rollins. Um, just our biggest crowd to date. There was almost a thousand people there. Um, just and it was surreal because I was only running for two years at the time. Um, so like that definitely sticks out in my mind. 
um, Battleground 2017. We brought in Cody Rhodes. He wrestled against Jake Oman. Um, that was just super cool. Another surreal moment because he was he literally had a New Japan show the day before and flew from Japan to Kalkask, Michigan, um, just to have him when he was you know white hot at that time. Just had left WWE and was on his run. That was super cool. Um, and I mean, yeah, the, the last couple of years too, we did a, a drive-in show during COVID. Like everything shut down, we can't had to cancel shows in March and May. We came back in July and did a drive-in wrestling show at an airport. And just yeah. how different everything was. Like we had really no idea of how things were supposed to work at that time. And we're like, let's just set cars up around a ring at an airport, and that was super cool. So those those ones stick out the most. That, that sounds, sounds like, like a lot of fucking fun to yeah. me. It was. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, definitely for sure. And uh, and just this last show we did in April, like I think all around just was kind of the best card we've had you know, just a couple weeks ago. I like it. Well, I like I said, it's you guys are definitely on my list to get to. It's just hard because you guys are a little bit up there for us. But like I said, I've been hearing nothing but good things for a while. So when people were calling for us to bring you guys, bring you on to talk about uh, Mr. Chainsaw and all that, I was all over it because, like I said, I've heard nothing but good things. But we've also got in the comments, Joey's got a question for you. He goes, okay, in Michigan, is there anybody in Michigan that you want to come to Mr. Chainsaw that hasn't made their way to Mr. Chainsaw yet? <laughs> Hmm. Well, actually, like one of the biggest names that always eluded MCPW over the past 15 years uh, was Alex Shelley. And he is Big going fan to of Alex be Shelley. Uh, debuting for us, as weird as that is to say, on uh, May 21st at Battleground against Tommy Vendetta. So um, Alex Shelley for sure was always on that list to get up here. It just never worked out. And uh, we finally did it. So he would be the one. Oh, yeah. Like I said, big fan of Alex Shelley. He's definitely kind of one of my white whales from Michigan that I'd love to uh, get on the show because our buddies from the Bump and Uglies, you know, go oh. way back with Alex Shelley and them. So I, like I said, I've been watching those guys. Hell, I think the first time I saw him on TV, man, was like back when Impact used to be on uh, Fox Sports Detroit. Oh, yeah. Shit. Like yep. we'd watch it like after school. It was only like an hour long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's why like, yeah. I put him with, uh, with Tommy Vendettas because when I first got into the indies, he was kind of where you know uh, Tommy's at now, where you'd see him on every single flyer in the state of Michigan, and then you started seeing him in IWA Mid South, and then he trickled into Ring of Honor and TNA and New Japan. So like, I feel like Tommy's on that that verge. You know, he's got the ball right now. So um, putting them two together, I think, is going to be a very very cool match. I agree. Um, last question. That yeah, that was the one we got from Joey. But yeah, man, I I think that's going to be a banger. We're big fans of uh, Tommy Vendetta over here. He also happens to be a past guest of the show, as does Jimmy Jacobs, who you mentioned in the story prior before. So, like I said, I definitely am looking forward to uh, seeing what's coming out from Mr. Chainsaw. Before uh, I have you plug where uh, what's going on with the show and everything one more time. Uh, as I mentioned, I something a, a, a sneaking suspicion tells me that you might have a funny answer for this. So we have a segment that we call locker room etiquette, and it's not necessarily what you would think as far as to trying to pry things out or anything like that. It's just biggest pet peeves or any advice you'd have for somebody coming in. Now we had every we've had everything from wash your balls to keep your baby mama out the locker room <laughs> to wash your gear. Uh, 
Silas Young said, don't get too comfortable. Ninja Max said, don't be a lazy bastard and get in the ring and train. Um, let's see, what other ones do we have? We had uh, all, and then obviously the obvious ones. So if you had any of them that are either things that annoy you or like uh, something that you would say is like a, a piece of advice to somebody younger in the game, what would it be? Uh, my number one piece of advice, learn to rap. Like, learn to be a referee. And the reason I say that is because, I mean, I might get 20, 30 messages a week from you know, wrestlers trying to find a spot to wrestle on my shows. You know how many refs have ever messaged me? None. And I say that because if you want to get out and you want to network and, you know, you want to be a wrestler, yeah, we all do. But when you're training, start traveling. Referee at these shows. Everybody's always looking for referees. And if you can learn that and you can be good at it, you know, you're going to meet people, you're going to be in locker rooms, you're going to have a paid spot on shows. And then eventually, you know, if you wrestle, it either doesn't work out for you or down the line when your body's broken down, you can always go right back into a referee and stay in the business. And I've been telling all the young wrestlers that come through, like, I can't get you a spot to wrestle, but if you can referee and you can do it good, there's a paid spot on the show. So that would be my number one piece of advice for anybody that's trying to get in the business, try to be a wrestler. I like that. Learning. Well yeah. thought out, well articulated. That was a different one than we usually get. So I definitely, uh, I definitely like that answer. Well, but before... I, I agree with all the other ones you said too. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's funny, man. And the funniest ones came from like the most unassuming names, like uh, Josh Briggs. That's on NXT, <laughs> dude. He was going in about the squirt bottle and the wrist tape. And this, <laughs> this shit like that, man. And and that's what's so funny with that's what's so funny in some of these because like uh even like theory now. Oh shit, it's weird calling him theory, but uh uh theory when he was on the show, just the the things that you'll you remember guys saying when they were on the show and then they're like totally in a different spot now. It just it makes that segment all the funnier now because <laughs> well the person that was on you know shit josh briggs doesn't look anything like he did when we had him on the show he had a big long hair and all that stuff now he's doing uh his thing up there in nxt man so it's always uh those always bring uh fun things but with the show you guys have got coming up let everybody know uh where they can check it out where they can get tickets and if you've got any more parting words for brutus Atwell, feel free to let him slide because we ain't scared all right. Um, yeah, our next show, May 21st, it's Battleground. It's, uh, we've always called it our biggest show of the year, even though nowadays I try to make every show big. But uh, it's when we bring in um, some wrestlers you've seen on TV. We have uh, Eric Redbeard, who is Eric Rowan from the Wyatt family. He's going to be wrestling Swamp Bitch, Brutus Atwell. And he's going to be doing a meet and greet as well for the show. Um, Alex Shelley versus Tommy Vendetta is going to be on that show. Uh, the card stacked. We have our MCPW champion Jamal King is going to be there. Uh, Top notch Jason Hotch is going to be there. Justin Kyle is going to be on that card. Uh, just it's going to be a huge night of wrestling. So uh, you can get your tickets right now at MCPWmerch.com. The front row is completely sold out. It's sold out within 24 hours. So you got to get general admission. Um, those are twenty dollars. MCPWmerch.com, or you can get them at the door for twenty five dollars. I highly advise just save money and get them online. And, uh, yeah, that's where we're going to be next. It's at the Calisim in Kalkaska, and it's going to be another banger show. It's going to be a fun night. And then uh, we will after-party at the Calho Lounge. And if you've ever been to an MCPW after-party, you know it's the place to be. So 
that's what we got coming up next. And then in uh, June, we're doing a doubleheader on IWTV, June 25th. So two shows in one day. That'll be all streaming live. Wow. I like it, dude. I Like I said, <laughs> I enjoyed what I've seen so far. So I'm definitely going to have to uh, check out that doubleheader, man. Well, you know, once we get a little bit closer to that doubleheader, maybe we'll have to uh, bring you back, dude. I appreciate you coming sure. on and appreciate the time. And yeah. shout out to Uncle Chase, who, uh, yeah, I said yes. it. I got to, I, I got to teach you how to do a triangle uh, defense. But uh, I definitely enjoyed it. Like I said, Uncle Chase and Donald turned me on to it. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what we see next from Mister Chainsaw. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, we can bring our asses up to Kalkaska at some point so I can see this shit in person. Oh, for sure. For sure. Make a weekend out of it. Like the Hollands do come up here. There's a lot to do up here. So, uh, that would be in the summer's great. The summer's perfect winter. Not so much, but make it up in the summer. And, uh, no, I appreciate I know, you guys Corey. having me too. Fucking, yeah, uh, yeah, dude. Trip out of it. It I was going to say, like why don't we, time. we might yeah. have to road trip up there or some shit, dude. Oh, I don't you know. know. Hell yeah, man. Uh, well, I will let you get out of here. Like I said, anybody who's watching, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And this also will be available in podcast platform everywhere you get podcasts and all that good stuff. So I don't know, man, you heard it. You heard it here. You know, you can check it out on IWTV and all that good stuff. Mr. Chainsaw Pro. Well, well thank you very much, guys. Before I let you go, Mikey, one quick question I do have to ask with the uh, Mr. Pro Wrestling. What's up? I, I just, the Chainsaw where did the name where did you come up with the name? I have to oh. ask it before I let you go. I have to ask where the name is. question. It's actually not it, it sounds like it should be an interesting story but it's not but uh, <laughs> my my buddy and I we started booking the local metal concerts and hardcore concerts and he was a fan of Alkaline Trio. They have a song called Mr. Yep. Chainsaw. I'm a huge fan like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like those okay. are my favorite movies of all time. 1 and 2. And we just like, well, why don't we just call it Mr. Chainsaw Productions? So that's when we did the concerts under Mr. Chainsaw Productions. And then okay. we were like, well, if we're doing wrestling, let's call it Mr. Chainsaw Productions Wrestling. It became Mr. Chainsaw Pro Wrestling. Pro Wrestling. There you go. Okay. But uh, all right. That's how it happened. Two, two 17-year-old kids in 2006. That's our best name we came up with. It, it still works to this day. Still, yeah, we're still, still here 15 years later. So... I can respect that because the name for this show came off the top of my head out of nowhere. Don't know where it came from, but it works. <laughs> there you go. That's all you need. As long as people call it the right thing, you're good to go. All right. Hell yeah, man. Well, I will let you get out of here, brother man. And uh, for all of you guys who are watching, we've got a lot more to come still. Like I said, the debut of Corey's segment, Corey's Corner, going to talk about some things with MMA. We got to talk about GCW, the old me, since we were down there at Harpo's with J-Bone this weekend. So there's a lot more still to come. Make sure you guys stay tuned. Trying to put the
All right, Corey. Well, what do you think, man? Uh, Mr. Chainsaw Pro Wrestling. I'm definitely uh, looking forward to getting out there at some point to check them out. Yeah, to his point, man, I cannot wait for this weather to just continue continue to uh, climb that uh, thermostat up a little bit higher because, yeah, I would love to make a, make a summer trip up north out of it. Yeah, not this shit we've been getting the last few days, dude. I felt like abs- I felt like absolute shit today, dude. Like I don't, I we've talked about this before. I don't know what it is, but when the weather is crappy like this, it uh-huh. just, bro, it, yeah, my bro, old man, it just fucks me up. I don't even know what quick. else to say. Yeah, my old man side starts to kick in real quick, man. That that uh, gray sky comes out, my naps start kicking up. You know. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, it makes you want to do nothing but sleep, dude. But you know yeah. what didn't want to make us sleep this last weekend, bro? GCW didn't want to make G- us sleep. So what were your thoughts yeah. on GCW, the old me? Donald, I know you were watching. Any of you guys who were watching this, if you checked out GCW, the old me from Harpo's, I'd love to know what you guys think. We were there in the building. Ring the motherfucking bell. But, uh, Corey, what was your thoughts on uh, GCW this past weekend? Uh, another good event another good event uh i like what they're doing at harpo's i feel as though it's a lot better venue than where they were running out of before uh harpo's definitely provides you know other than the fact that the i wish that they could get the uh ring up a little bit better so that the general audience doesn't have to try to climb over top of each other to see but uh that's that's a venue issue not really a gcw issue but the 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 actual event itself was entertaining as usual, man. GCW, they they have yet to really disappoint. Um, I always have a great time. I mean, you know, you guys go out there more for the wrestling. I go out there for the time, right? And uh, the wrestling did not uh, did not disappoint, though. It, it was definitely added to the uh, experience for sure. Uh, I enjoyed it, dude. What did you have any favorite matches on the card? Um, I really think honestly, as much as I used to, uh, jokingly say, you know, F.E.F.E. is my favorite from GC. I really think it's starting to be, uh, Alex Cologne, man. He's, uh. Okay. I like this. He's such a beast, man. He's such a fucking little beast in there. And he puts on these matches and you can just, you can just see by the amount of scar tissue that man's has that he, uh. He does nothing not serious, you know what I'm saying? And uh, he goes in there and puts on hell of a show, man. I've, this is what now the third or fourth time I've seen him, and every time's been great. Every time's been I, he he's always been one of the standout guys of the event, and I feel as though this one was just kind of when they gave him the spot with uh, what was the other guy? I can't think of his name at the moment. Um, give me a second. I gotta give me a sec. Just keep going. I'm gonna have to think for a second. <laughs> yeah, dude with the arm wraps. I can't think of his name at the moment though. But uh, when they get when they both went back and forth on the mic and uh, talked about going for the belt again in the next city and shit, uh, you could just tell. Alex seems like the the real threat. I guess you could say out of the two, and it. I I just. Uh, I guess he would be my standout athlete uh, of the event for sure. Hell yeah, dude. Cause that, um, God, I'm drawing a blank, but they were talking about, he was going to be a four time champion of the tournament. He mm-hmm. definitely wanted to get his belt back. Um, for me, dude, that scaffold was pretty fucking gnarly. Uh, shout out to the Briscoes and thrash justice and Mance Warner. 
Uh, dude. And then, you yeah. know, Donald, who I saw Donald posted about it too, man. That dude that gave J-Bone that picture, man, almost got <laughs> fucking crushed when they fell off the scaffold, dude. That dude. Shout out that dude. All right. You know, Shout out that dude. There's, <laughs> there's people that take wrestling serious, and then there's that dude. You know, that dude was in there. If people were going against the people he wanted to win, he was flicking them off, yelling in their face, turning back, yelling towards the ring, holding up his hand-drawn pitchers that he did for all of his favorite athletes. He had like a stack of 12 pitchers with him all hand-drawn, laminated so they wouldn't get fucked up by somebody stepping on them. Like, he, he went above and beyond on this shit so that he could uh, express his fandom on the weekend in his full denim battle vest, all patched up and spiked out. Shout out that dude. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out that dude. Yeah, it was something else, man. But I all I was seeing was pictures of people posting about him and like him getting creamed when they landed and uh all that kind of stuff. Uh for me, like I said, I think that might have been that might have been my favorite match, but then again, uh the Chris Dickinson match was really good. Yeah. Um and hey, dude. The, the scaffolding too was cold scorpion. Wild. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, the stuff I didn't mean to interrupt it. It sounded like you're a good. wall on mine, but go ahead. Sorry. You're good. No, you're good. The scaffold was insane, dude. Like watching them fly from the top of that and then mm-hmm. go down there through those tables. And you know, getting to meet Too Cold Scorpio uh was pretty cool too as cold? well. That guy has been a too cold. Dude, he's down, he's around all the time. Um, yeah. he's been around for a long time, dude, and he still can go. Yeah, I just want to say for such an OG of the game, I mean, you got you, you and uh, Jordan both uh, were trying to uh, kind of, you know, put me on game for uh, too cold. And uh, to see the transformation my man went from in the ring to out of the ring street clothes was night and day. You could tell he was just trying to scoot his way up out of there, and we caught him on the way out. But he came back, though. He went to the piss and came back. So, I mean, he came back. He wasn't trying to run out on nobody. No, not like that. I'm not saying he was – he just – you could tell. Yeah. The the wrestlers that are still in there trying to, you know, get their attention and shit, and he does it in the ring. He's such an OG. He don't have to try to garner attention outside. He's worried about his performance inside, you know. I'm with it, bro. Like I said, I had a damn good time. Um, and you know, I really enjoyed Bussy versus uh Gringo Loco in ASF. Which Gringo Loco, if you guys are a fan of Gringo Loco, you just might want to stay tuned. Uh, all the more reason that you need to hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to, whether it's podcast, YouTube, Facebook, all those things. Hit the follows, the likes, the comments, all that good stuff. Um, we also had a bunch of fights this weekend. So before we get into the obvious and all those things, I did say that we are debuting a new segment. This is going to be the beginning of Corey's segment. We're going to call this Corey's Corner. So, Corey, corner? what are the things? What are uh, my corner. Yeah, that's Corey's Corner. So, uh, like I said, let us know what were the things that you think people need to know about from the weekend that was in MMA. Well, from the weekend that was, I'm going to do it in uh, in three-point uh, layout. Number three, starting at the low end of the stick, is uh, 
and it not necessarily for any bad reason whatsoever, but Charles Air Jordan. I had started to break down this fight a little bit uh, last week, but uh, you know, it was it was kind of one of those could be a banger, could be you know brushed under. And man, he went out there and just performed, man, against a, a game Lando Venata who literally was in there until his shorts failed him and got choked out. Man, he choked that man out of his shorts. Yeah, literally out of his shorts. And like straight up just... to where his shorts were down around his ankles by the time he was getting choked. Yeah, and I had started to break it down a little bit on last week's show. I felt like uh Charles Jordan was really starting to reach his stride, man. In his last couple fights he's really showcased that uh that that next level he's starting to really level up his game and being such a young guy you know he's he's starting to really turn that tide i feel as though he's you know becoming a legitimate prospect at least in this in this division at 145 so that being my third point point number two pfl as a whole last week and what we got to look forward to this week third come thursday uh if you're not watching PFL, man, you're really missing out. I mean, uh, Jeremy Stevens and Clay Collard genuinely put on a uh, potential fight of the year contender in that main event for him uh, on event one. Um, okay, I, I got to ask you something that about that. I did watch yeah. that, but my question is, I'm not mad at who won, but I still can't get with that decision being 30 to 27, 30, 27 against Jeremy. I know. There's I know, no way in hell way. Jeremy didn't. There's no he way he didn't win way. at least one of those rounds. Because if you didn't pay attention and didn't see him crack Clay Collard shit a bunch of times mm-hmm. in that fight, I don't know what fight you were watching. Because, yep. I mean, yep. I'm not saying Jeremy won the fight, but there ain't no way in hell that was a 30 to 27, at least okay. not in my opinion. If you guys watched that show from PFL, please let me know what you thought of that scorecard. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't know, agree I with that aspect of it more. He just seemed to be um maybe a, a little outranged and a little out you know paced he, he, his speed just wasn't quite the same as what clay collar was able to deliver and with the length advantage that clay had as well it was just it was a tough fight for jeremy stevens but that being said i do see uh some real some real prospect for him going forward in pfl because i feel as though clay collar truly is one of their top 155ers he fought for their championship last year um, being unsuccessful against uh, Roush. And took out Nico. Pettis, too. Yeah, took out Pettis, and he's he's been on a tear. So I feel as though we haven't seen the, the end of Jeremy Stevens. He put on a great performance, but Clay Collard being the clear winner. That being said, flash to this Thursday, you got the heavyweights, which are always entertaining. And then following that up, you got the uh, the featherweights, which have a couple of my favorite uh, PFL athletes in there being like Chris Wade, uh, Brendan Lotney. Um, what's the other guy named that I can't think of at the moment that won their belt last year. Either way, PFL, man. I, I know a lot of people kind of, you know, Kyle, you bring up the point all the time that their viewership numbers just seem to lack like real – real growth power, you know, for, for as much money and stuff. And as honestly, as good of a product as they have been putting out and the, the at least want to bring in star power, you know, it hasn't always been the most successful in their debuts and their, you know, seasons and performances and stuff. But 
they're genuinely trying over there. And when you watch it, you'll, you'll be able to notice. So anybody who hasn't checked out PFL, I highly recommend it coming back this Thursday. Um, and then my last point for Corey's corner, one of these corners, uh, man, Jessica Andrade, one of the love her to death. I, I had kind of shat on her a little bit last week when I said that there was more deserving main events. I, I f- tend to forget that she not only fought for the belt at 125 and put on a fairly decent performance against Valentina, definitely got beat, but put on a fairly decent performance. Beat Rose and is now back in contendership at 115. I, I I, I shoot myself in the foot once in a while. You know, what are you going to say when you talk on a mic? Shit happens. That being said, how the hell does one of the shortest fighters in all of uh, the UFC divisions be the first ever UFC fighter to get a standing uh, arm triangle? I mean, look, dude, I can look. We've all established that I got screwed in the gene pool when it came to how tall I was supposed to be because I was supposed (laughs) to be six foot two or six foot five originally. And clearly that didn't happen. But dude, I'm telling you, like, even though when you're standing, you have a lot more wiggle room, I guess, to try to get Mm -hmm. out of an arm triangle. I've choked people standing with an arm triangle before. Like, if you're good at being able to get that squeeze and you can get that tight bite and get your head butt it up against that shoulder and really drive that shit through, dude. If you get it in there deep, dude, you know, here's yeah. the thing. And that's why, like you heard her say, you know, I wasn't going to use it for the takedown that forces them to do one of two things. Cause you have to address it. Otherwise you're going to get choked mm-hmm. out. And if not, you make yourself easier to be taken down. Like I said, it's, um, I mean, it's a gnarly submission. Any way you hit it, any way you yeah. get it. Um, Shout out to her. And I mean, dude, if she's going to go back down there and go for that straw weight belt, dude, it's uh what a way to know, make dude. her re her re-debut in the division, right? To get a, a submission that no one has ever, to your point, Kyle, you bring it up all the time that the UFC kind of oversaturates themselves with all these cards. You know, we've got 10 plus fights almost every weekend. And so you're talking, you know, throughout the year, there's, you know, 500 plus fights and you've, they've been doing this schedule now for five plus years where it's just been on, 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 uh, you know, and for her to still be the first one to be able to pull it off. It just, it, it truly was amazing to me when I heard that she was the first one. I mean, like Michael Bisving on the believe you me podcast had broke it down. Him and Anthony Smith were talking about it and they both had said, yeah, we do that all the time in the gym. But it's just one of those things that never gets translated into a fight. And to see her actually implement it the way she did and to uh, basically cinch it up right away. Like it was within five seconds, it was like, okay, she's about to either tap or go out. And, you know, it's just, it was amazing to see and shout out her. Like I say, I shot myself in the foot. Can't wait to see what's next for uh, Jessica Andrade. I, I agree, man. And I mean, now she's really sub- put herself in the driver's seat when you consider she's now the number one contender in two separate weight classes. Like it's amazing, isn't it? And she said here, she you... would be she said she would be active in both as long as as long as the UFC is willing to keep her ranking in both. So that see now that's gonna be interesting. I don't know how that's gonna go on her body because that's uh that's gnarly, dude. 
Um, yeah. Cause that's, that's gnarly to have to go from two different weights. Like it might seem like only a little bit when you're talking about 10 pounds, but when you're talking about getting down to two different weight classes mm-hmm. like that, that means you're going to have more weight on your frame most times as well yeah. too. Um, yeah, dude. And now, and you could honestly see it when you just look back at her performances when she was a, you know, going for the belt at 125 compared to where she looked in the cage at 115 this last weekend. She looked like she had dropped a bit of that muscle, not a ton, but just just enough to like make that weight cut easier and not have to, you know, sweat weight or anything like that. So she had not necessarily thinned out, but just kind of, you know, lessened the weight training, I guess. Well, man, I agree with you. Definitely good points to pick out. Um, let us know in the comments what you guys think of Corey's corner. Like I said, that's going to be, uh, you know, a segment for Corey to kind of get, uh, you know, get all of his MMA out of him. So, uh, all right. Now that that's out of the way, I got a couple other things that I wanted to ask you about. Obviously, there were a lot of uh, Bellator fights. Uh, we saw Cyborg beat somebody again. Um and then we, we saw see. a new champion. What was your thoughts uh, on Liz Carmouche oof. and what happened with that fight? Do you think that it was a bad uh, stoppage? And how much do you think that that's going to take away from Liz Carmouche? It, it's honestly the worst type of stoppage, right? Like, it, it really is, right? Like, we always, as an MMA community and stuff, shit on uh, these refs and stuff when they let fights go too long and stuff. And when you see somebody's like, visually like out of the fight and not going to be able to get back. And then some of the refs just refuse to stop it. This is the complete opposite. And not only was it the complete opposite, this was a title fight where one of the fighters, the one that was holding the belt came into it undefeated. I know that these refs aren't necessarily supposed to take all this into consideration. They're not supposed to take into consideration how much time's left in the round and all that kind of stuff when they're assessing whether or not to stop these fights, but she was an undefeated fighter. She received roughly two, not even strong. I like going, doing the, uh, I reference him all the time on the show, the weasel uh, YouTube channel. If you watch his MMA breakdowns, he does it on light, medium and strong attacks. And that wouldn't even, he, she didn't even get hit with strong attacks. She got hit with one light and one medium, in my opinion. And uh, for that to be enough for Beltron to stop a title fight with somebody's, you know, for that to be the way that you lose your uh, undefeated record in a fight that she was winning, ah, man, I, I just, I got a feel for her. Uh, it, it. It's just a bad look. And then, Like, we talk about it all the time with Bellator, right? Like, they always seem to have some way where something ends up undecisive or just where you have a reason to gripe at the end of the the card, you know? And this being a huge example of that, man, I just – I felt so bad for – I really did. And then to to your point, what for Liz Carmouche now? What if she would have been able to go in there and actually – continue do what doing what she was doing in the last 10 seconds of the round i mean you she know, still had her in a bad spot it just i feel like that was a little quick to uh yeah it, a know. little quick i feel as though is even an understatement like realistically in that type of situation unless you're like receiving damage a position is still just a position you have to be able to do with that position you know like 
if if she would have seen or if Beltron would have seen her eyes roll back or anything like that or any type of indicator where she was actually hurt or something like that, then I can understand. But that wasn't even the case. And then for Liz Carmouche to come out and say after the fact, like, no, the, the stoppage was completely justified. I don't see why anybody would even complain. Like, come on. If you if you were if the roles were reversed and you got stopped in a title fight by something as minuscule as two two light and potentially even a medium elbow, you would be complaining as well. So the fact that you took somebody's uh, undefeated record up. It's just bad, man. It's just not a good look for Bellator at all. Bellator always <laughs> seems to end up in these situations. Like I said, I'm a big fan of Bellator. I just it I I feel like indecisive finishes have been like a lot of the downfall to a lot of the things that they've had uh you yeah. know going on with all that stuff. But I mean, they had two two good events in uh in Hawaii, you know, I'm hearing that uh, mm-hmm. Yancey Medeiros was on with our buddy and past guest of the show, Jimmy Smith, and he was saying that there's a good chance that you could see him back in the cage for Bellator soon. So definitely a good mm-hmm. debut for uh, Yancey Medeiros. Yeah, he, um, he looked great in there. He, he really looked like, to the point I was making with Charles Jordan earlier, he Yancey Medeiros had taken quite a bit of time off in between his last fights. Uh, I don't know if that was because of the whole UFC layoff or injury or whatever the case be, but uh, he really looked like he had leveled up in that time. He had really improved his skills. So shout out Yancey Medeiros. I I got no argument there, dude. Um, let's also yeah. talk about what. Be- before we do jump off Bellator, I want to run one question by you though. Ha- What's left for Cyborg at Bellator? Like, in all honesty, like, you know, that was something this Blenco fight worked out in their favor in the fact that it was more competitive than a lot of people initially thought it would be. And it it was genuinely an entertaining fight, but you can't, you can't do that a third time when the second fight wasn't even really justified. So, what's left? I think the only thing that's (laughs) left because we've already heard both sides mention that they want. Uh, that to happen. I think the only thing really left for them to happen is them to do like a co-promotion show or some kind of shit with PFL or, you know, like Misha Tate was saying earlier uh, today, you know, I mean, Cyborg's contract is almost up. So she could just up and leave and go to the PFL. I mean, and you gotta, and you know, think about it. If she goes over to PFL, you know, wins the million dollar tournament and then gets to fight Kayla, then she gets the big payday and she's going to get another big payday Mm -hmm. for when they fight. So, I mean, I don't know if she just up and leaves Bellator as much as I could see, you know, them doing a cross-promotion fight. But really, as far as Cyborg goes, I mean, that's really the only fight that makes any sense unless she were to go back to the UFC, which that doesn't seem to be what Dana White wants to do. So, I mean, for me, that's really the only fight that makes any sense. Although, I've seen that she had been doing some stuff with wrestling. If she wants to go try her hand in that, let's see what she does with that. But I don't know. I, th- I think she'd be a beast if she uh, took wrestling serious. I have huge respect for Cyborg and what she's been able to uh, accomplish in her career. She's She seems to genuinely be a, a good person outside of the ring. And then to see what she's able to do inside the ring, it's just, you know, it's night and day. But uh, that being said, uh I think with the whole Bellator PFL thing, if she got, does try to leave Bellator, they they have the right to match, just like PFL did with Kayla Harrison. So I think it may end up being a 
I I agree. I would love to see her in PFL doing the season format and all that, but I think Bellator might be a little salty and try to uh, to match any offer, especially if it's. Oh, I definitely the think they'll side. try to match it. Yeah, especially if it's coming from PFL with the way that they're kind of going about everything. Scott Coker had came out in the media saying, you guys are asking for this, you know, co-promotion fight, but my phone hasn't rang yet. So you guys are just out here in the media talking shit, basically. So I I could definitely see it going that route, you know, with, with, especially with the fact that Bellator was the promotion that PFL matched Kayla Harrison's offer on. I could definitely see Bellator being like, well, you guys didn't want to give us her, you know, so we'll do the same. Yeah, man. I, uh, I mean, really, that's the only fight really that's left for Cyborg outside of the UFC, man. So it's, I don't know, man. I think that that fight's got to eventually happen. Um, I don't know. We've gone over pretty much everything. The only other thing I was going to say is to keep hearing um, all this talk about Stipe versus John Jones. Do you want to see the fight? What do you think about that fight? Do I want to see the fight? It, <clears throat> so I'm one of those people that doesn't uh, – my head's in the clouds sometimes with some of these athletes, right? Like I don't necessarily think of John Jones as his last couple performances and stuff. I think of him as his career as a whole, I guess you could say. Same right. thing with Stipe. And um, when you when you talk to somebody like me who watches all these cards and stuff, and you talk about a matchup between genuinely who I consider the best at heavyweight that the UFC has brought in the last 10 years plus, you can argue whether or not he's the best in general or whatever, but in the last 10 years, there's without a doubt that's been Stipe. And then if you look at the light heavyweights, yet again, you could go 15, 20 years, the length of the Length of the he might be the greatest division. MMA fighter of all time. Yeah, and then you put John Jones in there, and then you talk about the fact that he's done all this body transformation, making his way to try to be a natural heavyweight, in his words. Natural or juiced, I don't care. I want to fucking see the fight. Uh, I do. I, I am definitely hyped up for the fight. Um, rumors came out initially that it was supposed to be being made for uh, International Fight Week. And now that those rumors are being uh, pushed back, I guess, till September. So I, I just hope it really happens. I really genuinely would love to see the fight. But does it happen? I don't know. I, I think it will, but I don't know. I mean, I think it's the way to go. Plus, at least if John Jones is going to get a heavyweight title shot, if he beats Stipe, nobody can say that he shouldn't get a title shot. So I think I'm interested to see the fight. I want to see how it plays out. Um, I got to see how Thursday is going to play out. We got a show that's coming to you this Thursday at 9 p.m. I still got to lock in who those guests might be. But I want to shout out tonight's guest, uh, Mikey Zero, and all the new people that were coming in, all the new people that subscribe on YouTube and all that stuff from that. Uh, if you guys are new here, make sure you hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel so you can see uh, what's coming from us next. Like I said, uh, <laughs> Gringo Loco in the pipe in the pipeline. You've got, uh, you know, hopefully another DMAC Darren McCarty, uh, another DMAC Darren McCarty uh, appearance soon. Uh, like I say, there's a lot of good stuff to come see. Kathy's already saying she enjoyed the interview with Mikey. 
Um, shout out to Mikey. Shout out to Mr. Chainsaw Pro Wrestling. Um, and shout out to J-Bone. Hope you get feeling better, homie. Uh, yeah. With that being said, dude, I think we've uh, we've pretty much covered everything. So uh, until next time and in the in-between time and all that good stuff, peace.